You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. See, most of us, if not all of us, fit into one of the three ways we look at ourselves. And you will know the moment I use the word, are the heroes, also sometimes known as the martyrs. Most of us don't see us ourselves as villains, but we think people are villains. And they're the people who do the wrong things, the world, the politicians, are villains, right? And some of us cannot see ourselves anything but victims. This happened to me. Because this happened to me, I am like this. Because this happened to me at this age, I act like this. This is what Dr. Laura Berman calls the drama triangle. Is that at any point you choose any of these situations, you create a drama in your life. Now, a lot of us, including me, a lot of times I thought, hey, listen, being a hero is a good thing. What are you talking about? Don't we all like heroes in movies? Being a hero is a good thing. To sacrifice is a good thing. And I realized that it always puts me in this place where I am never playing the way I should play because I think I must play for you first and you first and then for you and then for you because we play the matcha. That's why we choose a career that can feel like a matcha sometimes, right? I'm going to coach you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to go the extra edge and the extra mile. What I realized is none of these three situations puts you in a place of power your personal power, the power to actually do anything. Because if you feel a martyr, you're always sacrificing for somebody else. And at the end of it, you feel drained and you feel exhausted and you feel like, fuck, I always do things for others. When you're a victim, you're always disempowered because you're like, ah, fuck, life sucks. Because this happened to me 39 years ago. Because this girl did wrong to me. This husband did wrong to me. This parent did wrong to me. This uncle did wrong to me. Damn, my life sucks because of that person. Never makes us feel empowered. We always feel like somebody else was in control and somebody else still gets to run our life. And sometimes they think, oh, because everyone around me is shit. My country is shit. Politics is shit. I am in shit. And because of that, we never feel empowered. We never feel that possibilities lie ahead of us. So I found that for me and for most of you, there's a version of us that is maybe an integration of all of it. And I call that version my favorite self. Your favorite self is the version of you that you fucking love. This is the part of you when you show up as, you're like, I'm so glad I was in my element. I was loving life. I was happy. It was fun. It was joyous. It was whatever I wanted it to be. Do we all have a favorite self or parts of us that feel like a favorite part of us? Some of us have it, not all of us. That's okay, we'll discover it. Because all of us have that part of us. We may not have recognized it in a long time. There was a chunk of my life where I thought I can't crack a joke. A good chunk, very recent actually, right? And there was a reason for it. Because I am like this when I'm with my friends. I'm cocky sometimes. They know I'm joking. I trip on someone. I will say things that they know it's a joke. But if you took the context out, it will feel like it's actually hurtful, what I'm saying. Right? If you take it out of context, me saying omnipresent may feel like this is a cocky motherfucker. Right? But in context, it's like, you know, I'm joking. Right? 
So I would say things like, they used to be my friends, thinking that everybody knows this is just being funny. This is just being light. He's just keeping it light. But what happened is there was one person in my life, very dear to me, said, Ajit, it's okay for you to crack this joke with me, but do be present too that if people don't fully know you, they would think it's not funny. They will actually get hurt. And there was this one person that I really did hurt in saying something that I thought was funny. Everybody was laughing. She wasn't. And when I asked her, hey, what happened? I hope you know this is a joke. She was like, no, this is actually my biggest trauma. This is the thing that I'm fighting the most. And so when you say it, I cry later. And I was like, fuck, I don't want you to cry. I'm just trying to be funny. Like, I, that's not the intent. That's not what I want to do. So from thinking as a funny guy, I became a villain to myself. And so I stopped being funny. So my presentations became very serious. Like, hey, one plus one equals to two. And that's what you got to do. Yeah. And now I am because I reclaimed my favorite self. I said, hey, listen, yes, it could happen that sometimes a joke won't land. But if I am not having fun, there's no point doing this life. There's no point. Because yes, sometimes it may hurt. Maybe it will be taken out of context. Maybe I'll be canceled. And that's okay by me. Because that, again, is the part of me that says, hey, listen, I want to live my favorite life. I don't want to live for you. I don't want to live for nobody else. I want to live for me. Because I know that's the only thing I can do. And so I rediscovered my favorite self. And my favorite self loves this. I like to talk about big ideas. I like to be persuasive. I love coaching. Uh, but at the same time, I like to have fun. So if you come to Super Coach Experience, it's a big party. You come here, we are having fun. We are going out. We are talking. This is how I live my life. This is literally the representation of my life in a way. This is how my day-to-day -day looks like. I'm having fun on calls. I'm having fun with my friends. I'm hanging out. We're talking about spiritual stuff. And we're talking about stupid shit, right? So I said, how or what is it that I get to do or can I do that gets me to enjoy my life. Not just live a long life and feel like I was purposeful, but actually have a good time. And so I said, I want to find my favorite self. So I can just love on me, even if nobody's loving on me. So let's find our favorite self. The first question I have for you is, when is it that you feel you are an absolute delight to hang out with? Don't worry about work. Don't think about something spiritual that you feel. And it could be spiritual and work. That's perfectly fine. But you feel... I feel like I want to hang out with myself because I'm such a delight, okay? That's the first question that you're going to answer. Then you're going to look at, are there any events that trigger this action or this favorite self of you? Because we want to find out when is it that we show up as our favorite self. What are some of the characteristics that this person would have, your favorite self would have? What are the characteristics of this person? And then lastly, I want you to give it a name. The name that shows up for work is called AJ. Even my, fam my, my team knows that. They call me AJ because they know that's the character that shows up, the part of me that shows up, the favorite self, when I show up for work, right? It's a slightly different approach to life than how Ajit is, right? So you want to find out what your favorite self is, when is it triggered, what are the characteristics, so we can identify those characteristics, and then we're going to try and give it a name so we have an anchor, and we can remind ourselves of being our favorite selves. Anybody struggling to find their favorite self? Tell us your name and then share. Hello, everybody. This is Franco. Nice to meet you all. Hi, Franco. So, like connecting both days, one of my core stories with relationship has been, I cannot be a know-it-all because people don't like those kind of people, right? So I understood that I can make a story that helps me and makes me move forward myself. Mm -hmm. But in here, it is a story about myself and I say to myself that I like other people. And one of the 
characteristics that I wrote is that I'm knowledgeable, that I'm a know-it-all. It conflicts a little bit with, yeah, I feel like I'm a delight, but what about the other people if they don't believe that I'm a delight? Probably what I need to hear from other people is just go and find some people that find that characteristic as delightful. But mm-hmm. okay, so here's okay. where I am. If you are religious, please don't kill me, okay? Do you know the most popular people in the world or most popular figures in the world, what they are? Know-it-alls. Gods, Jesus, Allah, Shiva. They're know-it-alls in a way. We go to find our answers to them. Not saying you are any of them. You could be. I don't know. I wouldn't know. What I'm trying to say is whatever and whoever gave you the story of know-it-alls are not likable or not approachable, honestly, those are the people that are probably most liked in the world. At least that's what religion tells us. Because religion is the most famous thing, irrespective of religion, right? Right? Anybody religious here? There are quite a few people religious. You follow religion because you're kind of like, oh, I can go to answer. I can seek guidance, right? If you're spiritual, even if you believe in the universe, anybody believes that? You kind of go, hey, we are connected. I can seek answers from my highest self. We like know-it-alls. We actually wish we had more of them. Like somebody tell me the answer, right? We've all asked that question. So firstly, that's not true. You have no problems with know-it-alls. Now, there's a story that makes you unlikable to people because of the way probably you show up as a know-it-all, okay? So what is your favorite self? What are the characteristics of your favorite self? Um, it says here, joyful. Joyful. Knowledgeable. Knowledgeable. Helpful. Good listener. Helpful. Good listener. Good cook. Good cook. And a great friend. Okay, cool. Can I read the list again? Joyful. Do you generally feel joyful when you meet me? That I am joyful as a person? Yes? Most of the room thinks that. Do you think I'm knowledgeable? Yes. Okay. Do you think I'm helpful generally as a person? Yes, mostly. Okay. Do Do you think I'm a good listener? Yes. Okay. Do I, you don't know, but I'm a fantastic cook. Ask my friends. Vinay, am I a good cook? Yes. Himanchu, I'm a good cook. Yeah. Nita is not here, but Toma, you have eaten my food. Decent. Okay. I manage. I manage. Okay. I'm a decent cook. Fine. People who have eaten my food think I'm pretty decent as a cook, right? And a great friend. Friends. People who are my friends. Kelsey. Am I a decent friend? No, doesn't qualify. Okay, sorry, not Kelsey, wrong person. Uh, Don, the decent friend, good friend, yes. Okay, awesome. So I'm a decent friend, okay? So all the characteristics you wrote kind of apply to me. And that's kind of part of my favorite self as well. So yay, we're very similar. Why do you think you can't live your favorite self? Probably because of the people that I hang out with. So should you hang out with people that don't let you be your favorite self? No. Oh, I should. I should. <laughs> you should. <laughs> the answer is no. Because if you don't get to be your favorite self at the end of life, we go on saying, ah, oh, fuck, I could have just lived a little. Only if I lived a little, right? And you know, one of those big researches that nurse did, I forget the name of that lady, but she did this research and people said, well, if I lived a little, one of the five big regrets of life, if I took those decisions, make those choices, hung out with the right people, lived a little. So maybe it's not about you liking your favorite self. It's about you hanging out with people that don't like your favorite self. You fuck them. They don't get the best version of you. They get a discounted version of you. Maybe that's why they don't like hanging out with you. Is because you're not your favorite self every day. It sucks for you and it sucks for them. Do you feel you may be more called to live your favorite self now? Yes. 
Yes? All right, let's give it up. Thank you. Who else is struggling to find their favorite self? I grew up with my twin sister almost 25 years together and we had a very strong connection. I mean, we didn't have to talk to each other. We could understand each other and um, there was like always someone on my side. I was never alone. And this relationship broke up after we finished our studies and it was always difficult for me since I was always comparing myself with her. We were always like a good team, but also competing. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't develop myself. I wasn't never an individual. I couldn't talk like someone else. I always said, we are. I always said, our parents, not my parents. And no one really could understand that I didn't feel whole. I only felt half when I was without her. Mm -hmm. So I really had to find my new identity. It took many years. Um, I'm still on my way. And the problem now is when I want to do something or decide something on my own, I always think I have to ask her because we made decisions together. I was never being able to make my own decision. It was always like a joint decision. And yeah, it actually... It's quite difficult for me also to become a coach, therefore, because she keeps continuing staying uh, in hospital. And I'm mm -hmm. like going another way now. And I have another circle of friends now. She's living seven hours away from me. I don't see her as often, but... How long has that been? Now almost like 15 years ago, we, we separated. 15 years ago, you separated. You're not living with... Her she has her family. I have my family. We are both busy. We don't see each other. But I always try to compare myself when I want to develop further and to go the next step. I always find it difficult because I need her okay. I get it. Okay. So, so now I really try to find my own identity and step into my own role. I want to become a coach and I don't want to have to justify uh, for anything I'm doing anymore. Okay. So now that you have been away from her for 15 years, what's the struggle in finding your favorite self? You've been separated from this person for 15 years. I'm so similar to her, so I'm still like feeling I have her character. You have, have her character? Yes. Mm, I mean, we have developed in a similar way since we grew up together. So um, mm -hmm. we became both like more or less the same because the environment was and also... Of course, our parents were educated. Okay, tell me some similarities between both of you. We are both very like empathetic. We are social, creative, very energetic, mm -hmm. restless. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to take some of these. How many of you feel empathetic as a person? Creative. What was the other one? Um, optimistic, energetic. Uh, optimistic, energetic. <laughs> Keep saying. Social. How many of you feel social? Oh, we have a problem. You're a copy of 250 people. I am sorry there's nothing authentic about you. So do I have to change uh, my characteristics? <laughs> or should I become to be more unique? <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is we are all same, but we are all completely unique. We can all be empathetic, but empathy will show differently for each one of us. We can all be social, but it will show differently for each one of it. It is not about overarching characteristics, but the expression of that characteristics. 
Your sister could be a hundred person in your eyes like you. You ask a third person and you both are nothing like each other. There is a reason she's not in this room. I'm thinking too much always. You're thinking too much about how similar you are to your sister of thinking, what's my favorite self? It doesn't matter if some characteristics may loosely be associated. But what I'm trying to say is... If you will look for similarities, you will find similarities. If you will look for what makes me unique, you will find what makes you unique. If you will ask the question, when am I my best self? When am I my favorite self? When am I my highest self? You will find the answer. If you'll ask the question, what makes me different? You will only find similarities because at the end of it, you are a human being too. If you were a goat, you will find differences in this room. But you are a human being, which means if you seek differences expected, you will find somebody that is just like you. So you don't seek differences. That's not the point of this exercise. I'm not trying to say become different from others. That's not the point. The point is become more of you, the favorite self, the self that you walk in and you're like, I love me. You can hate me. That's cool with me. I love me because you can stand in that power because nobody can take that away from you. Can anyone? Nobody can take that away from you because you love you. It's not anybody else's experience. It's your experience of you. Does it make sense? Yes? All right.